0: Alright, welcome back to a special episode of the Speak Truth Sports podcast. Uh, I am Bert and I'm joined by...
1: Trans, as always.
0: And in today's podcast, we are actually going to be going over the NBA playoff bracket uh, and finishing it from start to finish, giving you all of our picks for each series uh, for now and for the future. And yeah, if you're listening to this on any type of audio platform, jump on over to our YouTube so you can see our face and you can get a visual picture of the bracket if you need to. Uh, Otherwise, you know leave a like comment share subscribe do all that good stuff just helps us grow just helps us get better and all that so We have two brackets right now and the cool thing about the NBA bracket is that it actually lets you you know Make the picks even after a couple games in the series Uh, In fact the bracket doesn't lock until a couple days after we're recording this and we're recording this on Monday so gives basically every series a chance to at least go to Game 2 so you can kind of feel out what teams are doing in the playoffs. Um, We have two different brackets, one for me and one for Trey, and we're going to fill them out right here in front of you guys. Let's start with the West. So this Utah versus Memphis series, Memphis did just steal a game from Utah uh, yesterday as of when we're recording this. So, how do you think the rest of the series is going from here on out? Donovan Mitchell wasn't in that game, so the Jazz were a little shorthanded, but they still only just barely lost. So, is that good for the Jazz? You know, are the Grizzlies getting too much confidence now, or is that bad for the Jazz in that sense? How how do you think the series is going to go?
1: See, I think it's interesting. Um, You know, yes, they did win, but like you did mention, it was a close one. I mean, these two teams. they're, they're not as far apart as people you know, would like to think they are. Um, I think the G- the Grizzlies have arguably one of the better defenses in the NBA. Uh, they were uh, they, had the, they had the seventh best defensive rating in the NBA. Uh, however, the Jazz did have the third best. Um, but the Grizzlies led the NBA in steals. And you know, the Grizzlies, they're a solid, they've been improving uh, defensively as of late. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say, but I think for me, I think once Mitchell comes back, I, I I gotta say like this: the Jazz are just going to probably do away with the Grizzlies. I, I for me, I'm going uh, Jazz, and I'm thinking they're gonna gentlemen sweep four to one.
0: So, so you think the Jazz from here on out are not gonna drop a single game to the Grizzlies?
1: As long as Donovan Mitchell comes back, I, I think they're going to um, just finish the series off.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I also think the Jazz are going to win. Um, oh, this is, whoops, this is a pick beforehand. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be in five. I actually think the Jazz are going to win in six. I think the Grizzlies are good enough to take another game off, uh, especially if they're at home. Uh, the Grizzlies did kind of steal home court advantage, but the Jazz are just such a good team. You know, This, this is a series I could easily see going to seven. Uh, but I just I don't think the Jazz will lose just because of how good their defense is, and even when Gobert fouled out, they still you know they made a big run towards the end to come back at Memphis, uh, and close the gap. Not sure how much home court advantage played into that because they were playing uh, in Utah, but you know I just think for right now I I think the Jazz are just they're a very solid roster, but I don't want to discredit the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are actually one of my favorite teams to watch now. Uh, Dylan Brooks is amazing. John Morant does his thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. is getting back into the flow of things. He hasn't looked exactly right since his injury, but he's coming back slowly. And Desmond Bain, uh, one of the steals of the draft last uh, this, this past year. I was very confused when he went at 30. And, well, he's showing, ex- he's showing everyone exactly why he should have been picked way earlier than he was. Uh, but, yeah, I still give it to the Jazz in six. Let's yeah, I think the other.
1: Yeah, yeah Sorry, ahead. I think the other big thing as well. The Grizzlies just are a very young team, and they have a, they don't have a, they really lack any experience in any big moments in playoffs like this. Um, for most of them, this is their first playoff series in their whole careers. So, you know, that for me as well, I think just the lack of experience compared to the Jazz, who've been in the playoffs seems like every single year since Mitchell's been there. Um, I feel that's also going to play a big factor into why I think the Jazz are going to take this series.
0: Yeah, you're right. They they do have more experience on their side. So, you know, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Last time we saw him in the playoffs, he was dropping fifty a game basically on the Nuggets. So, if we can uh, get if we can get even half of the Donovan Mitchell back, you know, it's gonna be really tough for the Grizzlies to compete. But the Grizzlies have Dylan Brooks, who is one of the <laughs> one of the best defenders uh, at his position in the NBA. So, it, it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how Donovan Mitchell adapts to him. And how the Grizzlies and Jazz end up in general, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies did sneak one, like, sneak out the series. Uh, but, but there's no way it's going to be from like a fully healthy Donovan Mitchell. He'll if if he's come if he comes back and they still lose, it'll probably probably be because he's still a little bit hurt or a little bit banged up in some way. That's my opinion. Uh, but yeah, do you want to jump to the Clippers and Mavericks? Uh yeah sure. All right. Who do you guys? Uh, do you
1: want two? me to start or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I I have the Clippers still. Um, you know, I wasn't impressed with their uh, most recent game. Paul George struggled in the first half, but he played well in the second half uh, until the very uh, last few minutes of the fourth quarter, where it just seemed like everyone struggled. Um, but this kind of feels like a repeat of the NBA bubble where the Mavericks stole like the first game away from the Clippers, and then after a while, the Clippers just. Kind of figure out the Mavericks. And for me, I just don't know how healthy uh, Chris Taps Porzingis will be all series. I don't know if he'll last the whole series. He didn't even play well the first game of the series and they still won. But um, I just don't think that's enough. And I just feel like as much as I I like Luca, he's going against two, uh, he's going against a star in Kawhi Leonard and a complimentary star in Paul George. I just don't think he could. And pull it out on its own. I'm thinking Clippers gonna win in six games.
0: All right, so you've got Clippers in six there. Yes, I. I'm gonna be honest. I hate this Clippers team, man. I I really. Don't <laughs> I I don't like the energy they play with. I you know a lot of their contributors in the regular season just are they a lot of them just fall off in the postseason. That was even evident last year as well. Marcus Morris was basically just running up and down the court. <laughs> I mean, I barely even noticed <laughs> him out there, and if I did, it wasn't for a good reason. Uh, Kawhi Leonard looked h- horrible, just to flat out say, in that fourth quarter. Uh, Paul George looked horrible throughout the entire game up until you had a little run in the third. I believe it was the third towards the end. Um And in my opinion, just watching the game, it was like, wow! Like the only people that really want this right now looks like it's Kawhi and Rondo. Those are the only two people that looked like they wanted to win. Whereas on the Mavericks, looked like everyone was just ready to win. They wanted, you know, payback for what had happened last year. They just really were into it. They they wanted to win, and so it it makes this such a tough decision for me because the Clippers are just so they're so talented on paper. But it just feels like they don't have some type of, you know, tough leadership on them. Even though I know Rondo's there, he's a good leader, but, and Ty Lu is a good leader uh, as a coach. But there, I just feel like there's no, there's something in the locker room that just, you know, it, something's not going right with, with the Clippers. I don't know what it is, uh, but at the same time, you know, the Clippers did play really bad and they only lost by 10. Uh, it technically is a blowout, but, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Clippers as well Even though I want to pick the Mavericks here because I could 100% see the Mavericks taking this series 100% uh, I think the Chris Tapps thing. Yeah, I think they actually play decent without him as well uh, I don't think he's that because they played so much of the season without him already that they've kind of been used to it last year They weren't used to it and they have and, and just in general Dallas has more Contributors now than they did before but with Serge Ibaka getting healthier and healthier as, as the series goes on I'm going to go ahead and pick the Clippers in seven here. I think it'll go seven. It's there. All right, so let's jump to the Nuggets Blazers. This is one of the most entertaining series, in my opinion, from the first. The first round is honestly just full of a lot of good series. Uh, I don't don't think there's a single bad series in the first round. I've enjoyed watching all of them so far.
1: Uh, I, mean, I feel like the the Nets the Nets Celtics series yeah, is kind of okay, okay, on yeah, the more boring yeah. side, but <laughs> that's just me.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but all right. But between the Nuggets and the Blazers, who who, who do you have winning?
1: This one's hard. Um, I was really thinking about this one because last time when they matched up in twenty nineteen, um, the Blazers uh, you know acted out and they they barely got the Nuggets and they uh, went on to the Western Conference Finals. And I really like the I like the Blazers right now because they've been playing so well offensively, but you just can't ignore how bad their defense has been. I think they're out of all the playoff teams, they have the worst defensive rating. And, you know, um you know, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. And I just don't know how much I, I trust the Blazers at the moment. Um but my thing with the Nuggets is with Jamal Murray uh, out, and he's such a big contributor in the playoffs, and as we saw in last year's playoffs, just how much Jamal Murray meant to them uh, and how much he helped carry that team to the Western Conference Finals, uh, and they're going to miss that piece. And I, I just don't know. And that that alone, that single piece alone, it concerns me because, you know, the bench is not that good, and having Composito start as he was one of the better players off the bench... I just I don't know, but I I think that the Nuggets. They, I mean, they did play well without. They have played well without Jamal Murray since his injury. Um, I, I think they can. I think they can beat out the Blazers. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a close one. It's gonna be a tough one. So I'm gonna go Nuggets and seven.
0: I. Let me start this off by saying I love the Nuggets. I am a <laughs> secondary Nuggets fan. They're they, are, they are my favorite team out West. But I just am not super confident, and I'm not super sure if Michael Porter Jr. can replace what Jamal Murray was doing in the playoffs. Because like by the end of the playoffs, Jamal Murray was just hitting Every clutch shot possible. Every time he would shoot it, it was going in. It didn't matter if it was a fade away from the three. It didn't matter if he was driving in on like three guys at once. He was making the shot. It just it was always going in, and it was it was honestly to a point where it was just ridiculous. (laughs) Like you would just be watching, be like, all right, Jamal's gonna hit something here, but what what type of shot is he gonna hit? That's that's how I was watching it at one point. And with Jamal Murray gone, I just I'm not sure. If they have the firepower to keep up with the Blazers, the Blazers have a problem with inconsistency. In my opinion, they're really inconsistent. Uh, but you know, the Nuggets kind of—they've been a little bit inconsistent too this season. Uh, the season earlier in the season, but since you know, since Jamal Murray went down, Michael Porter Jr. has been producing in his in his absence. But can he hit those clutch shots like Jamal Murray was doing? If the game gets close, who's going to be hitting the clutch shots? Jokic can do it. But can he do it to the level that Jamal Murray was doing it? Uh, that's something I don't know. Uh, and uh, something just about, you know, Yusuf Nurkic just does not look the same to me uh, when he, when he's come back. His defense has regressed a lot. You know, Jokic just abusing him uh, as much as he can. And his cantor's not much of a defender either. Uh, I don't think Hair Giles is going to get many minutes in this series, even though I think maybe he'd do a decent job on defense. I'm actually going to go ahead and give it to the Blazers uh, I, I think, I just think that you know, Blazers in the first round will always pull out, uh, pull out some tricks, and you know they usually move on when they're first round. The problem with the Blazers is getting past the second round and getting past the conference finals. That's where they start getting really inconsistent, and you know the production from different players starts to decrease. But I'm gonna go Blazers in seven here as well. <laughs> I have two seven seven game series already in the first. Uh, so surely that's a great sign. <laughs> uh, do Do you have anything else to say on, on Denver-Portland or do you want to jump to uh, Suns and Lakers?
1: Um, No, I think that's all I have to really say about the Denver-Portland situation. All
0: right, all right. Let's jump to the Suns and Lakers. I'm going to kick this one off. I feel so bad for the Phoenix Suns <laughs> because <laughs> in my opinion... <laughs> Uh, I'm, gonna little, I'm gonna get a little spoiler here. In my opinion, I think there's three teams uh, that are true finals that feel like finals teams from the West, and to me, that's the Los Angeles Lakers, it's the Phoenix Suns, and it's the Utah Jazz. Those are the only ones that give me finals vibes. I don't feel like the Clippers are going to the finals. Uh, they just don't. They don't feel like a finals team. Maybe they don't have that heart in them. In my opinion, that's what. Just, that's just kind of what I've seen. The Nuggets are just you know they're missing too many pieces. They also they're also missing some key contributors like Will Barton and all of them. Uh, you know the the Suns are a team that you know they they never give up at any point in the game. Even if they're down thirty, they'll still be in there trying to score. The only issue with the Suns is Chris Paul because he gets injured very frequently in the playoffs, and it's it's almost like he's cursed, like just straight up because he gets injured so often in the playoffs. And he got injured in the first game they had together. Uh, so that is, you know, he's still going to play. He got a, its a minor shoulder injury. He's still going to play, but it does concern me for uh, going forward. That being said, this Suns team is no joke. The Lakers should not—they uh, should not ease up on this team at all. A lot of people are kind of overreacting. It's the first game. Like Lakers last year lost almost every first game they had and went went on to win the series afterwards. So I'm actually going to go. As much as I hate, as much as I hate to see the Suns lose, because uh, if they were going up against any other person, I might have picked them to go to the conference finals. But if they're going up against the Lakers in the first round. You can't. You just can't. You can't really pick against the Lakers. Not with LeBron James <clears> and <throat> Davis healthy. So I'm going to go Lakers in six here.
1: Yeah, um, this one pains me as much as as you, because uh, the Suns, I-, I believe as well, are a um, are a contender, but they just put in such an awful situation. Um, for me, for the Suns, uh, this series is mainly dependent on how DeAndre Aiden plays and how well he can defend AD. In the first game, he defended AD very well, and he nearly essentially shut him down for most part. Um, he only got 13 points from uh, pretty poor shooting. Um, you know, the Suns also have a better uh, backcourt with CP3 and Devin Booker compared to the Lakers. But it's it's LeBron and AD. Uh, you know, these two, this duo we just saw last year with the finals. And, you know, they did pretty much with, uh, for most part, with ease. Because they pretty much did what, didn't they gentlemen sweep uh nearly every team they played besides the the Heat? Yeah. So it, it's so hard. You can't really, it's so hard to bet against the Lakers. It's, you really can't. I feel like it wouldn't be a, even a good decision to think that the Lakers uh, would lose even with the injuries they dealt with uh, late in the season. Uh, the Lakers, even when LeBron went down, the Lakers would still maintained the best defense, uh, you know, defensive running in the league. And I just feel like Lakers. It's it's just LeBron and AD that duo, and they can be seventy percent, they can be eighty percent, ninety percent. I just think the fact that those two are playing right now, it's it's the difference. And I think that that alone is going to make the Lakers just edge them over. And with Chris Paul's injury as well, it's just not helping their case any further.
0: So I got to go Lakers seven. So you've got this series going to seven. I, I could definitely see it going to seven. Uh, like I said, Phoenix is a team that just never gives up. So even if they're down yeah. in, in what whatever game it is, they'll find a way. Uh, my thing is here is, like, who's going to win? Because I'm very confident in both of these teams at home. So my question is, who's going to win uh, on the other person's court first? Uh, this I mean, the Suns have the advantage of just, you know, they can win every game. They can lose every away game. But uh, the Lakers need to win a game in Phoenix in order to win the series, and that's going to be very tough on them. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think Phoenix will actually probably go up two zero, uh, and I think the Lakers will probably take them from there just sweep them. But you know, I think the turning point in the series is going to be when LA fans are in the are in the crowd, and LeBron can feed off their energy, and Anthony Davis can feed off their energy. And AD does the Anthony Davis does this every year. He has Games where he just doesn't, you know, play like he is. You know, he's a big man that kind of plays really small at times. And just this past game where, where Phoenix beat them, AD was playing really, really bad. And LeBron was also playing really, really bad. And the Phoenix Suns, they won, but they didn't win super, you know, convincingly, in my opinion. I felt like it was actually, I felt like the Lakers had a chance to come back throughout the game. Uh, but they just they they didn't they didn't turn that switch. Uh, but I think that will be changed. I think they will turn that switch eventually, and you know just, just give them some time. LeBron always feels out his first round uh, opponents. It feels out just about every opponent in the first game. You know it, these are seven game series for a reason, so that you know the best team in the end will take the will take the the W. And yeah, I, I think Lakers are gonna take it. So. All right, so do you want to jump to the east and do the first round, or do you want to finish out the west here and then move to the east?
1: Let's just jump to the east.
0: Okay. All right, so we've got Philadelphia versus Washington. (laughs) Uh, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: man, Russell Westbrook played really bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he is sometimes very hard to watch seriously very hard to watch at times uh this is my issue is that what's stopping the Sixers from packing the paint and saying Westbrook beat us with jump shots which is not his forte you know what's that's kind of exactly what they did they 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 were like okay you know the Sixers played really good defense in the game they played against Washington uh, but what ha- the reason it was so close is because Beale was just hitting ridiculous shots uh, he was carrying the offense for like a whole stretch of a quarter basically uh, just hitting ridiculous shots going inside uh, and Westbrook was just making so many small decisions he had so many you know turnovers that just led to buckets on the other end immediately that you know if, if, if he had just played an average game average defense, uh, average production on offense, the Wizards would have won that first game. But he didn't. He played really bad, and the Wizards took it. Am I worried about him playing that, that bad for the, for the entire series? A little bit. Just because of the way that the uh, Sixers were defending, and because I know Scott Brooks doesn't make adjustments much. <laughs> um, at least in-game adjustments. Uh i'm a little concerned Uh, i think westbrook needs to just be shooting jumpers 24 7 in the gym right now uh just preparing for this because they are gonna close off his driving lanes which he loves to do he loves to drive and westbrook's a big fast break player and when he did get in the fast break uh like the few opportunities he got because obviously in the playoffs the game slows down and it goes to a more half court setting and all that and uh, so that I, the half-court setting is not good for Westbrook because he thrives on the fast break. He thrives using his speed and athleticism to just take it to the, take it to the hole or dish it out to another uh, person in a corner or whatever. And in the few chances he did get to run the fast break, he looked really good, but he's not going to get many of that. So, you know... If Westbrook bounces back like he should uh, for a per, for a star of his caliber, if he bounces back... Uh, I could see the Wizards taking one or two games. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Philly in five. And I love this Wizards team, but <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's either gonna be five or six. I don't see the Wizards winning the series. Uh, I feel like every time they scored, it, it felt like you know it was like oh we we just got to, oh we just barely scored you know. But for, for, the, for the Sixers, it was like, okay, it was more like, oh, we just barely missed. And Tobias Harris was going crazy. Uh, to do a much better job on that. And the Wizards are missing. They're missing Denny Avdia really bad because they need size at the small forward position. And playing Raul Neto there and matching up Beal against Ben Simmons is a disaster waiting to happen. And it happened last game. Uh, it, it's just not a good idea. Ben Simmons... Tries his hardest to sell when he's at the free throw line. But even with that, you know, Joel Embiid, if he's not in foul trouble, I think the Sixers take, you know, a much bigger lead uh, in general. Just whenever, if he's in the game and he's not in foul trouble, he's almost impossible for the Wizards to stop. We just, I mean, we had Daniel Gafford uh, and Alex Len and Robin Lopez, but they're not Joel Embiid. <laughs> they are not on his level. And he's ridiculous with his post moves. And like I said, if he's not in foul trouble, which he was last game, I don't even think he's really gonna be, even going to be close, in my opinion. Like most of the games, uh, you know, if Joel Embiid was healthy when Tobias Harris was also going off, the Sixers might have taken like a ten point lead at halftime, like straight up. So yeah. I, I'm just worried about that. I'm worried about a lot of stuff for the Wizards and. This isn't a great matchup for him. Uh, It's better than the Nets because who's going to beat the Nets? Uh, But I, yeah, I I go Philly in five here. Uh,
1: uh, uh, You know, first notes for this uh, prior to the first game happening. My biggest concern came to fruition, and it was just how are they going to handle Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid because. The Sixers' best players are at, are at where the Wizards are at their weakest. Yeah. That's their center position. With all due respect to Daniel Gafford, who doesn't get enough minutes, let me just say that as well. Oh, for sure. He no center? Be, he needs to
0: be <laughs> more than... <90 laughs>
1: he should be, be starting. Game. Yes. He should be starting, to be honest. But the center position, Joel is going to eat every single time if he's against Alex Lin and Robin Lopez, which he did. And Tobias Harris, I mean, listen, Raul Neto, uh, Davis Bertans, uh, Garrison Matthews, none of those guys can guard Tobias Harris. That's when he dropped 37 points on the team's head. So the two things that I was concerned about happened, and I just don't think the Wizards have a coaching staff or even any players that are able to, to hold a bead and Harris, and that, for me, seals the series. Um, I love the way Bradley Beal plays against the Sixers. He always plays well against the Sixers. He always drops a lot of points. I think he averages 30 points against the Sixers. But it doesn't mean much, because who's going to guard Harris and beat, like I was saying? And, you know, I just feel like, like you said, Russ did make a lot of mistakes in that game, and even when you watch the end of the game, he did... I mean, I don't think he... It was out of bounds, out of bounds, but I, I, it, I guess I can understand the where were, the call came from. The refs were bad on both
0: sides, for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I would say at the end of the day, Russ was the one involved with the play, and I, I can, I, I, can understand where why they made the call. Um, in the, the day, Russ needs to play better. I just don't know if that's enough. Like I just don't think this Wizards team has the tools to go against the Sixers, and they always they've struggled against the Sixers for years now. So there's nothing, nothing, nothing surprising. I just don't think much will happen for the Wizards. I think they might play close, closer games than people expect, like they did in the first game. But I don't think they'll win any games. I think it's going to be Sixers and four.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
1: And it hurts me. It hurts me to say that, but I just don't see this team doing much against the Sixers.
0: Well, um, I, I think a, I think a Sixers sweep would probably guarantee a Scott Brooks firing, so I wouldn't <laughs> be mad at that. The only thing I don't like um, are the Philly fans in the arena because they were saying FU no. Westbrook. Completely uncalled for. Uh, Philly fans mm. is why nobody likes you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well you want
1: to talk about new york fans next then <laughs> oh, yeah
0: we'll talk about new york and boston new york and boston affiliate that area just they're they're too crazy in the playoffs man but we'll get into that later there are there are good fans of those teams i know a lot of good fans of those teams i'm just saying uh, i just making a joke but <laughs> wow you have them in a sweep yeah you know i, I could definitely see him as a sweep uh the sixers were rusty for sure and it, it, it's a lot of like, you know, will Davis Berton stay consistent? Cause if he can't consistently hit those threes that he hit, the wizards would have gotten blown out straight up. If he didn't hit those threes, which first off is his job. He should be hitting those threes, but you know, <laughs> through the season, he's been very inconsistent. So if he's not hitting those threes, nah, the wizards have no chance. Uh, but I will say the wizards do have a very solid roster. Um, more solid than people realize the role players were actually stepping up a lot. Throughout just throughout the series, and Ish Smith is turning into Mighty Mouse, and Robin Lopez has become the reincarnation of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even though he's not even <laughs> passed away yet. Uh, I I frequently call him Robin Lopez Jabbar uh, when, when when we chat, but you know the Wizards they have a very they have a very decent group of guys, a decent group of role players. I feel like they might be a star away from actual contention, straight up. Uh, if somehow this is not going to happen. Let me, let me preface this by this is not going to happen. But if just somehow they can snag Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> honestly, they might be a finals team.
1: <laughs> That's very unlikely, but you know, I, we all can hope. Yeah. But I was going to say, my, my favorite nickname for Rob, Robin Lopez is definitely Captain Hook. That's definitely grown That's on true. me, and it's so funny to me. <laughs>
0: yeah Robin Lopez, he, he's he's become a meme but he's like an an unironic meme where he's just actually good at the same time he's i feel like he's gonna get a bag from somebody this off season, so i don't think he'll be on the wizards next year sadly but you know how it is some team's gonna be like yo we need that here's 20 million yeah not, not 20 million but like here's here's 12 to 15 million dollars a year for a two-year deal or something else yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's. That, that's enough about the, the Wizards and Sixers. Um, I I'm sorry, sorry Wizards fans. It ends here. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's all I can really say. Uh, oh, I, I do also want to say though, now that you know this, you know the um, records are locked in. I'm starting to fill out my mock drafts, and soon we will get our first mock draft. So just want to put that out there uh let's jump to the New York Knicks and Atlanta Hawks though New York Knicks just lost a close one to the Atlanta Hawks just yesterday and I don't know what to think of this series I really don't because this series is it kind of reminds me of you know the real a really old like Wizards versus Bulls series except the Wizards were never as stacked as either of these two teams are uh but in that series I remember everyone was predicting the the Bulls and or bulls and even four and the wizards ended up going and uh take them they, they won in five i believe so the thing is everyone i feel like everyone was kind of predicting the Knicks to take this just because their defense is so good but their defense looked really bad man their defense looked really really bad and i'm not sure if their offense can can compete, I mean, they were relying on guys like Alec Burks to <laughs> to to destroy the or to give legitimate production. And Julius Randall was so bad. Uh, and you know, I, here's here's the thing about this: if Julius Randall can just get to normal form, uh, I believe this was his first playoff game or first time playing as a starter in a playoff game. I believe. And so obviously he's gonna have jitters. I, I believe he shot like five for twenty-one, really really bad. And that final play they drew up for him just was not good. Tom Thibodeau is not exactly a great playoff coach, but at the same time he's really he's a really good defensive coach, and I'm sure they'll make adjustments. This is here's my thing: if 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 they lost by that tight of a margin, and Julius Randle wasn't doing anything, do you think that the Knicks will come back and actually? you know, prove that if Julius Randle comes back to normalcy, will they actually be able to pull out the series? Uh, I'm going to push that question to you. What do you think about all that?
1: You know, um, it's hard to say this. Like you're saying, the series is very hard to call. Um, how I saw this series, it's not really about the players, actually. Uh, I think it's about more about the coaching and which team will be coached better. Um because like you were mentioning, Julius, this is like Julius Randle's first playoff game. When you think about it, the two main stars of New York, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, never played a playoff game before in their life. And they go the two stars of the Hawks and the, of the Hawks, Trey Young, John Collins, never played a playoff game in their life. And now they're all in the playoffs at once. Um, this is really about... And these both these teams are fairly young as well, with you know a sprinkling of veterans. But it's really about Nick McMillan uh, versus Tom Thibodeau. I feel like that's really going to come what's going to come down to because these are a bunch of young teams going head to head. And though the Knicks did, um, I think they won the season series uh, in the regular season with Julius Randle dropping, I think two of his high scoring gate, two of his four, two of his four high-scoring games this season were against the Hawks, um, which is, you know, interesting. But I just don't think the Hawks are going to lose the series. I think the Hawks will win the series. I think they're better coached, and I think their coach understands the situation more than um, Tom Thibodeau. And I think that alone is going to push the needle for them to win. Um, I think for me personally, I, I got the Hawks winning in six.
0: Yeah, so the Hawks just have so many offensive weapons. It's almost like it's hard to pick against them. If you would asked me like maybe like a week ago, I probably would have said like Knicks and seven. But after seeing that game, I don't want to overreact to game one because it's just game one. After seeing that game, I kind of want to lean to the Hawks just because they could not stop. They had no hope of stopping Trey Young in the paint. I couldn't even understand it. It was just like everyone was out of position the entire time and nobody was just ready to meet him at the rim. He had so many wide open layups and floaters and that BS little floater. He does. I hate it, but it always goes in every single time. Uh, and <laughs> a master for drawing fouls and he's proved that, you know, he can still do it in playoff time because he just did it. So I, I'm going to give it to the Hawks as well. But you know, I, I want to believe in. I still want to believe in the Knicks a little bit. Um, I'm gonna go with you here. I'm, I'm gonna say Hawks in six. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it was Hawks in five or seven. It it, it could go. It, it, this is just such an unpredictable series, in my opinion. This this could go such a numerous amount of ways. And honestly, the biggest the biggest gain for the Hawks in the offseason, in my opinion, was Bogdan Bogdanovich. He is crushing it every single time I look up. He's hitting some type of crazy shot. He's hitting a really clutch shot that they really needed. And, man, you just can't help but feel like the Kings made a massive mistake letting him go. Straight up just made a massive mistake letting him go and keeping Buddy Heald instead. Uh, Just Bogdan Madonovic, he's an incredible player. I love to watch him. Trey Young is doing Trey Young type things. He's still doing it. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to give this to the Hawks in six as well. Okay. Yeah.
1: And also, with uh, Bogdan as well. Um, yeah, I think that the Bucks probably are kicking themselves. Uh, they could definitely use a shooter like him uh, on that team because that team could definitely use shooters. I love Drew Holiday. I love um, Chris Middleton. But Bogdan for a third shooter, man, that I mean, would really been like so helpful to the Bucks. But there is something else I want to mention about the series before we jump over to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks are one of those teams where if the best player doesn't play well. I don't see that team winning. Um, it, it's just, you know, they, they can't afford to have bad games. They can't afford to have certain players that have bad games. Cause it's just, they don't end up winning. Um, they can't afford Julius Rendell playing bad and too many games in the series. And I just don't see Julius Rendell playing great every single game after this game. they, the Hawks can afford Trey Young having a rough game because they have Bogdan and they have, you know, even Gallinari. They have John Collins. They have people who can still score and spread the floor. But the Knicks just they 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 just don't have that that one explosive player like who can drop forty night in and night out. I love Julius Randle, but he's not a th- uh, he's not big enough of a threat from deep like Trey Young is or Bogdan is. So that's my biggest issue with the Knicks, and that's the main reason why I'm picking the Hawks as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that. The person they've kind of been relying on the most is Derrick Rose to do to do everything. Uh, but he, you know, at some point, he can only really do so much. He's getting up there in age and all that. So, I actually uh, I kind of want to skip over the the Bucks Heat series just for a second. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the Nets. Celtics series. Who, who do who do you have going on? What, what what do you have going on for the Nets and Celtics?
1: I'm just gonna be honest. This series, when I watched the first game. Was the Celtics were winning, but I never ever felt that they were gonna win the game. Yeah. Um, my thing with the Celtics is they just without Jalen Brown, I just don't see this team making any noise whatsoever. I like Tatum. Um, Kimba Walk is way too inconsistent for my taste uh marcus smart he's okay but they're just not this team is just not this doesn't have the depth that they need to go it places and for me i think the nets will drop a game only due to the fact of chemistry um I, mean, I watched the first game i mean it was the big three they literally did everything i think they scored 82 of the 104 points um the bench got to step up. I think this bench has to step up at least a little bit in the next few games if they want to like completely sweep them. But I feel like you know, you know if I feel like if one of the big 3 members have an off game, I think that will just they'll that'll allow the Celtics to win at least one, but besides that I don't see the Celtics really doing anything else. Um so for me I'm just going Nets in 5.
0: Yeah, this is this is tough for me. The only well, I guess the only tough thing is deciding whether or not it's going to be a sweep or if the Celtics are going to take it. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, is that just you know, it feels like it's Tatum versus the world at this point. <laughs> like um, Marcus Smart, you know, even though he he did pretty good, they were giving him, they were like letting him shoot and they were letting him drive and all that. You know, they 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 kind of let Marcus Smart go off. Uh, and he kind of didn't really work for the Celtics. So, in my opinion, Jason Tatum is just very. I've been I've been saying this. He's very like he'll have one really good game, and then one really inefficient game. He had an inefficient game just now. Uh, but I do think he'll bounce back to maybe win one game. I don't know. just to just to say it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Nets will sweep. I'm gonna say the Nets will sweep because every because every round or every year there's like one there's a series where somebody gets a sweep. I I don't know if there's been a series or in the past few years that there hasn't or if there's been a year the past few years where there hasn't been a single sweep. So I I gotta pick a sweep somewhere. So I'm picking it here with the the Nets sweeping the, the Celtics. But let's jump to. The Bucks and Heat. This is the toughest series to predict, in my opinion. Even after the two games they just played, we're actually recording like right after the first game or the second game of the series finished, and the Bucks blew out the Miami Heat <laughs> really badly. Uh, I'll let you go first. What do you think is? How do you think this series is going to end up going? This series,
1: um. Uh... When well, I watched the first game, it made me kind of, it made me kind of worry for Giannis. Um, you know, Giannis, I, we kind of saw what we saw in the bubble last year when he, they played the Heat. He just kind of, if he's not scoring inside, he's not scoring anywhere, and he's still, to me, not clutch. Um, you know, he's missing a lot of game, very important uh, three free throws in late in the game, missing shots late in the game. He he's so at times he's so inefficient from shooting outside. I think in the first game he was zero of thirteen from outside the restriction zone. It, it's just painful to watch Giannis um, shoot sometimes. And I know, and I think in the very first very first podcast we made on True Street, Street Sports, I was talking about how that it's I think for Giannis is like he doesn't have to be great at shooting. He just has to be adequate. And I just need him to be adequate for them to make any legitimate noise in the playoffs. Um, and the second game, he did step it up. Um, he hit a three, which was a, a, a big improvement from the last game alone, just that one three alone. Um, but I, I, the Bucks worry me. And I, I get concerned mainly because of Giannis. Um, I think every other player, I think the role players play so well. Um, this past game, in the second game that just passed the night, Forbes was. Lights out. Cogginton was playing very well, and I think well, they have bench players who play um, uh, play the role to a T. Um, for the Heat, I think Jimmy Butler is the heart and soul of that team, and if he doesn't play well, I think that's going to always change the results and as a big factor in altering how things will go. Because Jimmy Butler didn't play well in the first game, and they barely lost. I I just feel like Jimmy Butler has to has to do everything he can to keep that team afloat. And I guess where I'm going with this all, I I know you told me uh, you assumed the Heat were going to uh, win in a private conversation. But uh, for me, I'm still going Bucks, and I'm going Bucks in six.
0: Okay, so this is this, this what I've noticed about these past two games are that the Heat have to work like double just to get one bucket. It's kind of the same thing I, I realized with the Wizards, uh, kind of the same thing I realized with, uh, I believe, it's the Knicks, the Knicks as well. The Heat are working so hard to to just get one bucket. And Jimmy Butler keeps doing this one thing that I, I hate because I feel like it almost never works out. Where he'll drive super hard to the paint and they'll stop like right near the wing and he'll just turn around and look for somebody to pass to. Like I don't know, m- make a move or don't do that because <laughs> he did it way too much and he did it on one of the final possessions uh, for the Heat and that cost them in the, in the last game. Uh, even though he did hit that clutch shot to send to overtime in the first place, I agree. My problem with the Bucks is Giannis. Uh, he does everything except for shoot well, and his free throws last game were the reason that the Heat even took it to overtime. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I think the you know the Bucks would have won that game. <sighs> this is this is if you'd asked me before. Four, I saw those two games, where the series would be going, which which we we did talk about uh, privately. <laughs> I was saying Heat and Six. That was my you know you know Heat and Six, and this is a series where I think home court is really affecting both of these teams. Uh, role players always play much better at home than they do away, and the Bucks role players have been a big reason for them taking this 2-0 lead on the Heat right now. My thing is, a couple of years ago, even though, even though they're not the same Bucks team, a couple of years ago, the Bucks went up 2 on the Raptors and lost the rest of the series. That swing, you know, the series doesn't start until somebody wins an away game. Straight up. The series doesn't start until somebody wins an away game. Um... So, even though they're up 2-0, in my opinion, this series could take a big swing if it goes to Miami and the Miami Heat win the next two, which I think they will. I think the series is going to be 2-2. And I think home court's going to really help this Heat team. My issue is I'm just not sure if the Heat's offense is good enough right now. Their defense is very, very solid, even though it wasn't good in this past game. Uh, but their offense, with Jimmy Butler also not being able to shoot very well, it concerns me. Uh, they don't really have many three-point shooters, at least reliable, consistent ones. Uh, usually they get pretty tightly guarded, so that, you know they can't even really get a pass off to those three-point shooters like Duncan Robinson. Um, so this is just a very, you know, I feel like this happens a lot where the Bucks look like they're really, really good, but then they end up not doing as good. Uh, but that was also while they had Eric Bledsoe who consistently choked every single game they had. And now he's off the team and just him being off the team improves his team a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> um, all, all respected Eric, Eric Bledsoe. Um, I do want to say, you know, just add the addition of Drew Holiday for the Bucks and the subtraction of Jay Crowder for the, the heat. I feel like has made a big difference. I have no idea. Why the Heat decided to keep Myers Leonard over Jay Crowder. That was ridiculous to me. They paid Miles, they paid Myers Leonard, and they did not pay Jay Crowder, and I feel like that has really hurt them. Uh, their two wings that they're relying on to stop uh, to you know to stop Chris Milton and all them are Andre Iguodala and Trevor Reza. And they're both old. I don't want to say they're washed, but I Trevor Reese is not looking very good. And he hasn't looked very good for the past couple seasons. Um Andre Godal is obviously very old and he, he has his moments here and there, but he still, you know, doesn't look as good as he did on the Warriors, you know. I I so badly want to pick the Heat in seven. I so badly want to pick the Heat in seven. I got this feeling right now I'm just gonna roll with it I'm gonna say Bucks in seven
1: okay see did you change your mind uh, let's, let's see if that if that works out for you hopefully it last does year,
0: I do want to say last year I told you and I was telling everybody I could because I knew it was gonna happen I was saying he are gonna make the finals now I also thought the Clippers were gonna make the finals that was completely wrong but uh, I just looking at the matchups and all that, I was like, all right, I think the Heat can do this, uh, and they did. They shocked a lot of people last year. I still think this team, this Heat team, has you know the heart they need and the the motivation they need. They surely have the motivation they need after uh, a lot of what the Bucks said, especially Drew Holiday. You know, they had the motivation. It's just like, do they have the ability right now to? score on this bucks defense which in my opinion seems like right now it's the best in the nba i think it's better than the sixers defense i think it's better than the lakers defense uh just defensive alone their offense obviously the bucks offense is a little you know it's a little inconsistent here and there but it's still good and drew holidays helped so much so much more than i had really even thought he had 15 assists today i mean that's ridiculous. <laughs> that that is not something that they were getting from their point guard positions earlier. Uh, you know, I thought letting Malcolm Brogdon go was a big mistake, but which probably was. But still, uh, you know, yeah, I, I I have to go with the Bucks here. Oh wait, I accidentally put my thing in your bracket. So you had the Bucks in six. Yes. All right, let me hop over to my bracket real quick. Bucks in seven. All right, so let's jump back over to the west let's talk about the jazz versus the clippers
1: you want to start or want to start
0: uh you, you go ahead and kick it off
1: all right so what i've noticed with the clippers this season the clippers biggest strength was depth. and I think the Clippers easily had the deepest team. There's games where Kawhi, Paul George, uh, multiple other players wouldn't play, and then pretty much their bench would play. And they won games. And I feel like every time uh, in the past two years or past years or so, the Clippers always stray away from their, their biggest strength, is, which is depth. They have DeMarcus Cousins on their bench. They have Luke Kennard. They have all these players who played zero minutes in the first game. Um, I, 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 I yo, Like I said, Paul George is a comp- complimentary star and Kawhi Leonard is a great player. But neither of these guys are leaders. And as much as I love Rondo, at this stage of his career, he should not be the main leader of a championship team. And For the Jazz, for me, the Jazz have played consistent basketball for pretty much the whole season. And, you know, that's why they're the one seed. I think the Clippers' starters have been too inconsistent for me. Um, I can't even think back to, I think, their most recent game uh, against the Knicks, and the Red Wilder and Paul George just both struggled, and it pretty much ended up costing them the game because those two uh, just were not clicking And I just just don't get it. Like, the the Clippers have all these players, and chemistry is still their biggest issue right now. And I just don't know if the Clippers are going to – I don't know if they'll ever fix that problem. I don't know how they will, but I don't think they – I don't – I have no faith in this team anymore. I think this is where their road ends. I think the Jazz will win. I think I'm feeling Jazz in
0: six – All right, you got the Jazz in six. This is such a, this is so tough for me because honestly, I had kind of wanted to pick the Mavericks really badly because I just don't like this Clippers team. But at the same time, you know, they just, the thing about the Clippers is like, they don't, I feel like they don't focus. They don't, they don't really lock down and focus on their matchups until it's like the Lakers. Then they go all out and they try as hard as they can. And it's like, you can't win, you can't win a, a, a championship doing that. And this Clippers team just, you know, they don't feel very different from last year in terms of like their heart or their effort. They feel like kind of like, they feel like the same to me. Uh, I'm also going to pick the Jazz here. Uh, I'm not sure how many games this is going to go, honestly. Uh, it, it's like, who's really going to stop Rudy Gobert from just posting up and just scoring like almost every other almost every single possession like who's really going to stop because you know they got sergey baka sure but he's older you know he's probably still going to be coming into his own uh as the playoffs go on i'm gonna say i'm gonna say utah in seven clippers curse continues sorry clippers fan
1: yeah they're not going to see no western conference finals anytime soon to be honest yeah <laughs>
0: I think they have a chance, but it's just so I I don't I don't want them to either way. <laughs> I I don't like this team.
1: Like I said, man, when Rondo is the your biggest leader and has the most heart on your team, it, it's just I mean I love Rondo. Don't get me wrong when comes to playoff Rondo is a real thing, but like think about the Lakers last year. Rondo was a third was their third option, mm-hmm. but their leader was LeBron. The Rondo can be the emotional leader, but the leader leader has to be the best player. And I don't think Kawhi is a leader. Just like how I feel about like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is not a leader. He's a great player, but he's not a leader. Look what happened to him with OKC. He couldn't lead the team. And I just, that's, that's my biggest gripe with Kawhi. He's just... He can be the best player in the team. I understand that. But he has to step up and be a leader. And I just don't see that drive. I don't see that... That passion from anyone from the Clippers, like you were saying as well, and I think history will repeat itself.
0: Yeah, uh, you know the thing with the Clippers is that you know, like I said, they could be out in the first round, so I don't want to pick the Clippers to go to the conference finals because they got in the first. <laughs> round, like they're they're done, and if that happens, the Mavericks and the Jazz go up against each other, I'd probably pick the Jazz in that scenario, uh, just because of their defense, but. Luca, he works his magic. He's he's so good that you know Mavericks might even pull that series out. But we're not we on that right now. Just Utah versus the Clippers. Man, like I like I said, I just struggle to see anybody who could really contain uh, Rudy Gobert if he just decides you know I I just want to score every time I'm down here, and the late the, that's been the Clippers' problem for you know since they've been con- since they've been conceived is that they don't have a good enough center. To match up against the other bigs in the West, I mean, against Jokic, what? Are their, Jokic is probably going to drop like fifty if they ever meet up somehow, which they probably won't because we both have them losing, <laughs> or I have them losing to Portland. Uh, if they go against AD, what's to stop AD from just driving to the paint every single time and you know doing all that stuff? It's it's just very, you know, it, it's very. The Clippers just don't feel like a finals team to me, or even maybe even conference finals team straight up. So, yeah, let's um, let's jump to Portland versus the Lakers. I'm gonna go ahead and kick this one off. I think Lakers are just gonna, I think they're gonna do it in the five. Unfortunate for yeah. the and the Blazers, but I mean, it's, it's <laughs> what's gonna stop LeBron and Anthony Davis? Like what's gonna stop them? <laughs> like there's no they. They have Robert Covington who can help, but there he, he's not gonna stop them. Uh, they'll probably lose game one and then just go on to win the rest of the the, the series like they usually do. But I, I say Lakers in five. I think the, you know Blazers might take one game, just get really hot for a game and take it. But uh, yeah, Lakers in five.
1: Yeah, I mean how I see it, it's just. Uh... They have Nurk, As long as Nurkis is the center and going to be guarding Anthony Davis, they're not going to win. We yeah. saw that last year in the bubble, and I just not, they don't have anyone else to really guard Anthony Davis. And, yeah. you know, Robert is a, a good defender, uh, but like I said, like you said earlier, he's not going to lock up LeBron for uh, long enough for them to win uh, the series. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they have a lot of firepower and you know i like mccullum and that backcourt duo but it's just not enough it's really not enough and we've seen it so many times before and i I like the blazers but you just gotta go with the obvious
0: yeah all right you have the nuggets versus the lakers in this scenario who who do you think's gonna win there
1: and it's like the bubble it's gonna be a 4-1 series (laughs) it's gonna be 4-1 um you know, like I said, with Jamal Murray out, this team has no real advantage over the Lakers anymore, because my biggest gripe with the Lakers is that their backcourt is still on the weaker side. Uh, I, would, I would even say it's weaker than last year. I think Schroeder, um, he's he's talented, but I think Rondo was better in the backcourt. He excelled that role when he's a with Schroeder. He's still, I don't know, he's not a big fan of his position and um, his role in the Lakers at the moment, and I just, it kind of shows when he plays. Um, he's he's solid on defense, and he can be a, a, a menace at times, menace to menace. But I, I'm not crazy about him in the backcourt. But like I said, with Jamal Murray out, the, the Nuggets don't really have anything to even kind of help them win too too many games in this matchup. Um, I like Jokic, but I don't know how well he's going to defend Anthony Davis as well. I, I just, just for one, I just don't see too much happening for the Nuggets going on. So, yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, not, not much to say there. Yeah, you, I agree with yeah. That, like <laughs> you. Yeah. So. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the East. So, we both have, uh, yeah, we both have the Hawks versus the Sixers here. I'm gonna go ahead and say, I think the Sixers take it. I uh, just think their defense is just too suffocating for uh, Atlanta. You know, this is not New York's defense, uh, and Philadelphia can also score, so that's kind of their thing. I- I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Philly and six. I'm not sure if John Collins will be able to stop Tobias Harris. Uh, DeAndre Hunter will probably be on him. I wouldn't be surprised, um, actually, if this series does go seven just because the Hawks, um, Ben Simmons is probably going to be on Trey Young and probably a neutralize, neutralize him a lot, at least as much as he can. Uh, but also to that extent, uh, DeAndre Hunter is going to try to neutralize Tobias Harris as much as he can. It's going to be a battle between Clint Capella versus Joel Embiid. And I'll take Joel Embiid every single time in that scenario. So I'm going to go Philly in six. Uh, actually, I, yeah, yeah, I'll go Philly in six. But I also actually want to change my uh, Hawks Knicks. Give me a Hawks in five. Just give me the Hawks in five. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, Knicks fans. But just yeah, I gotta make it really interesting, you know. Hawks in five.
1: Um, funny thing about this, I literally would the said the same thing. I'm going Sixers, uh, Sixers in six. Um, I just think the trio of Simmons, and Embiid, and Harris is just gonna overpower or the Hawks. I think Trey Young's shooting ability will keep the Hawks in uh, a majority of these games, and I, I think that shooting ability alone will probably give him one or two games. Um, my biggest issue and biggest concern, I, should say, I would say for the Sixers, this for far in the playoffs, is just health. How long will Embiid and Simmons stay healthy throughout this playoff run? Uh, I guess I can really go for any playoff series for them, but um, I just think if as long as those stay healthy, because, you know, Tobias Harris is always fairly healthy. You know, you know, knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy. Um But it's just really about the health of Embiid and Simmons. But as long as those teams stay healthy, I think six in six.
0: I also wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks took it in seven, just because, you know, the Hawks just constantly have that factor of we could randomly go off for... Like hitting five threes in a row and just completely destroy this game or blow this game wide open. I, I I could see maybe Hawks in seven, but I wouldn't count on it. Uh Yeah, you're right. And obviously, if Simmons or Embiid does get injured, uh, preferably, I guess, you know, if Simmons gets injured, that's going to hurt their chances to defend Trey Young. And if Joel Embiid gets injured, They'll probably lose to the Hawks in like five. <laughs> I I don't I don't believe in this team if Embiid is not there. So if Embiid gets hurt, I'd probably say Hawks in five in that in that scenario. Uh, but uh, go I, if
1: Embiid got hurt. I, I think if Embiid went got hurt, I'd think I think the Hawks would maybe win, but I wouldn't write out the Sixers mm-hmm. completely. If I think Dwight Howard's a solid backup center, mm-hmm. and he he played pretty well in. Uh, a, a handful of their games, so I mean, he's better than Al Horford as their backup. So <laughs> I, I don't that's know. I, I, I wouldn't it's say they lose, but
0: yeah, that's true. It's just like I feel like sometimes, you know, if Tobias Harris kind of goes back to being inconsistent-ish, like he did last playoffs, uh if Joel mm-hmm. Embiid's not there to be that first scoring option, if Tobias Harris has to be the first scoring option, I'm just not sure I trust that offense. uh And I think that's the fair. Hawks will just straight up outshoot them in that scenario. Let's jump to the Bucks nets Do you want to go first?
1: This one, uh, I'll go first. This one's really hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the Nets have no they have no defensive uh, interior defensive presence. Um, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, they played Jeff Green at center at times. Kevin Durant's played at center at times. I just think that None of those people can defend Giannis if Giannis goes to the paint. Which, in that scenario, he's going to the paint every single time, and I feel like that alone will make this series very hard. It mix that in with the 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 role players of the Bucks and the shooting ability of the Bucks now with Drew Holiday, Middleton, and other role players who can shoot the three pretty well. It's not going to be an easy one for the Nets. I think, I think it's it's just. I think for me that series really becomes contingent on how James Harden plays. Yeah. For me, I think James Harden is the main piece of the big three for the Nets, and I think I think it just goes to show. I mean, for the games itself, it just goes to show. I think most of the games when James Harden played just by himself or with one of the big three members, they typically win those games. Um, When James Harden went out, I feel like that's when they lost the majority of their games, when he was not there in general. I I think James Harden is the most important part of that big three. For me personally, I think it comes down to how well James Harden plays within that series. But I think ultimately, I think the Nets will win in seven. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, this is just my opinion one of the toughest series to predict uh it's a lot of like you know they they could build a Giannis wall to stop Giannis but you know do they have the defensive players to actually do that I mean they have Kevin Durant who's really who's really tall he could probably match Giannis uh just straight up in terms of height and length but you know, it's only one guy, and if he gets Kevin Durant a type of foul trouble or something like that, they're going to be in. The Nets are going to be in big trouble. I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna go with the upset here. I'm gonna go with the Bucks in seven. I'm gonna go with the Bucks in seven. Wow. And you
1: don't think the Nets are making the plan? Um, aren't making the finals?
0: Look, man, this is just a really bad matchup for the mm. Nets, in my opinion. This is like probably their worst nightmare is seeing a def- a defensive team like a very strong defensive team who's also really good on the interior and if the bucks can just take you know just beat them inside and they have shooters around them my only worry here is Giannis in late game free throw scenarios and uh, the bucks don't have home court advantage that those are my concerns with this series that could probably go to the the Nets way and the thing is that, you know, the playoffs are usually just so star dependent. You know, as long as you have one star or two stars or three stars, you'll make it far. But, you know, the thing is with the with the Nets, if feel like a lot of their their depth is kind of gutted. They still do have depth. They have good depth, but I feel, I feel like the Bucks have better depth in this scenario, and I think they just play better as a team. And if, I think if they beat the Heat, they're just going to have such they're going to be on such a high and they're really going to be confident and believing in themselves, and I think they could take it even to to Brooklyn and win a game, at least one game in Brooklyn, take home court advantage basically from them, and just go for it and finish out the series. This is this is you know if you had asked me before I watched any game in the playoffs, I probably would have said you know the same thing as you. Were on I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even had the Bucks here. You know I, I would have had them losing the first round, but. Just just basing off the two games we've seen, I feel pretty strongly about the Bucks now. I, I feel like they're in they're in a groove and I think they could do it. Genuinely. I think they could do it. If if any team is gonna do it in the East, I think the Bucks could do it.
1: I think out of the most East teams, I think the Sixers and the Bucs were the most complete. Um the Nets, their bench it's just not enough at times. And actually think about well, just think about with the Celtics game one. they're I don't think they even put up I think they barely put up twenty plus points.
0: yeah,
1: um, so it, it's just really hard to to think and to really just put them up against the others. Um, you know, Bruce Brown has his games every once in a while. Blake Griffin had one point against the Celtics in their first game. And, you know, Nick Claxton, he's mainly there for interior presence. I'm just not crazy about the Bucs. I mean, the, the Nets bench. And I think the Nets bench was really going to be a big letdown in comparison to the Bucks bench and, and how they play and match up with each other in that, in that series. And I feel like that will really affect them but I, I think for me i think just the, the big three alone like, i'm still gonna go by with my pick i'm still going with the nets
0: all right well let's jump back to the west uh western conference finals we both have utah versus uh the lakers who, who do you think is gonna pull this one out
1: this one this one, ah, oh, this one really hurts my soul mm-hmm. it really does because the jazz are the one seed and they play consistent all season they played so well and I think the, really the big match is going to be Anthony Davis versus Rudy Gobert, because um, obviously those two big guys, you know, two, so two of the best, um, two of the best big guys that played so differently um, from each other. I, I it's just I, I, it's really hard because I think the last I think the last time the Lakers played the Jazz, I don't think LeBron played call correctly, I think Anthony Anthony Davis played, or I think they might have both not, not not have played. I just know that it wasn't a legitimate matchup when they last played, and I, it's it's hard because I, I think the Lakers will be healthier by the Western Conference Finals. I think LeBron and AB will probably be in the groove by then. After according to my playoff knocking off the the Suns and the Nuggets, yeah, I just feel like at that point. I think I, I might have to change my mind. Initially, I was thinking the Jazz might make the finals, but I think I might go with the Lakers. At the end of the day, it's going to seven games, and I, I think i uh, I think this matchup is it's just a very hard matchup. They're both so talented, and it's just so hard to say because. The Lakers are so – the Lakers team is just not where I want it to be like they were last year. The Lakers last year were much better than this Lakers team. And for me to to, to date that this Lakers team is still a championship team, despite having LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think I have to go with the Jazz in seven. Wow.
0: Um, Oh, you're going Jazz Uh, in seven? You're going Jazz in seven, okay. I, I, I it's just, I, because you were talking about the Lakers, but man, okay. Jazz I, in seven. I honestly, the thing that holds the Lakers back right now is probably Andre Drummond because man. he can, for the life of him, play with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Those three playing together in the same time is not a good, is not a good combo. And Frank Vogel needs to make that adjustment eventually. I think he will eventually make it. I hope he eventually makes it. Where he just brings Drummond off the bench and starts Marc Gasol instead. Because they fit much They fit much better together. Uh, they're much smoother of a unit. But my thing is that if they're at this point and they're still using Andre Drummond with AD and LeBron. Look, there's a chance they don't even beat the Suns. Because of that lineup, you know, like that's how serious, in my opinion, I, th- I think of a problem it is. If they make adjustments and they start Marc Gasol instead, uh, I think they could take advantage of Rudy Gobert's perimeter defense. They're probably going to expose that, and you know, if they, if they play smaller, it's going to be hard to to see the the Jazz really pulling this one out. In my opinion, I'm actually going to go Lakers in. I want to say six, but I can't really see. I, I just don't really see the Jazz really winning two games. I'm not sure, you know, exactly where all their production is going to be coming from on offense. I just feel like LeBron does a good job on defense as well. I'm not sure how good Joe, how reliable and good Joe Ingles and Mike Colony will be in the playoffs, in this deep in the playoffs. But you know, just for the heck of it, I'll, I'll go Lakers in six here.
1: I feel like I
0: want to change my picks. I I can feel I'm free. just so you know, unsure. You know, you know what? Just to just to give you confidence, change your pick. I'm actually gonna change my Utah uh, Clippers pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Clippers in seven. Uh, and then we then we can talk about this a little bit because this, this this still has a good chance of happening. Uh, Clippers Lakers. Uh, if this happens, in my opinion, I just don't see once again, you know, or right, if they're still using if they don't put Anthony Davis at center, this series is going to go longer than it should be. And Frank Vogel probably going to do that. Cause Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center much. Mm-hmm. I would say this series probably goes to seven. Uh, and I'd say the Clippers actually do have a good chance to win in this series, but the issue is, um, actually getting here for the Clippers. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if the Clippers are actually even going to get here. Uh but when the Clippers are going against the Lakers, that's the that's the time they really lock in and focus to actually play. Uh, if they do that, you know, I could see the series going to seven, especially if Frank Vogel doesn't make the adjustments that he needs to in order to win this game. But let's be real, who's stopping Anthony Davis on the Clippers? You know, Kawhi and Paul George, you know, Kawhi's probably going to be on LeBron. Paul George is going to be uh, on Anthony Davis, but, you know, he hasn't really looked good so far. Uh, and he, if, if last year's anything a judge based off of, he's not going to do much either. Uh, actually. Yeah. I'll probably go Lakers and six here. And, I'm surprised you had
1: so little faith in the jazz. I,
0: I it's not little uh, faith. I'm just worried about their consistency in the playoffs and who they're going to get production from specifically. Uh, they do have a good team. They have a really good solid team around them. Uh, Hey man, I mean th- this could go either way. Uh, you know, maybe I change it back to the maybe I change it back to the Jazz just just to stick it to you. All right.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think I might switch it up. I think now that I'm thinking about it, the Lakers and the and the Jazz the Jazz never legitimately like played where Anthony Davis and LeBron played against them in the regular season. I think it was always something that happened. I think when they played yeah. um, the first time like Anthony Davis wasn't playing due to his injury. Um, the next time I don't think LeBron and A D played. And I didn't think the same went for I think the last time. I, I think I I think I'm gonna go Lakers in the six. Now I, I just think now that I'm starting to think about it, I I just I just don't have faith in the Jazz. I don't think they have the experience. I don't think in a situation where they're the finals now, the Jazz. We've seen them make the playoffs. They've made it to the second round. Up to there, I just don't see them really knowing how to handle that duo. Cause I don't know how the, how they'll match up against the duo of LeBron and AD. Uh, like I said, they like they never really played that matchup in the actual regular season where. The whole both the whole teams played. I I, I just like Anthony Davis and LeBron over, um, over Mitchell and Gobert. Even though I, I I really detest detest the Lakers bench and the people they brought in to replace the people they had last year because last year team was so much. Now looking at this team, this team's and last year's team, the La- Lakers last year were so much better than this team. And I don't think this team will win the finals, but I, I just don't have enough faith for the Jazz to make the finals. And I think that alone for me allows the Lakers to make the finals.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with this, with this Utah Clippers he was talking about earlier, um, honestly, I just think the Clippers are just not mentally tough enough to, you know, to handle adversity well. Uh, if they somehow pull this series out and they end up in the conference finals, they somehow break their curse. If the Lakers go up on them and take a big lead, uh, the Clippers are—I feel—they're like going to shrink. If the Clippers aren't ahead for most of the game, they're going to shrink. The Clippers blow a lot of leads. And the Clippers aren't aren't the best at coming back. Uh, you, I feel like they just give up a lot. And so even if the Lakers and Clippers matched up here. I'd still give it to the Lakers. I think the Lakers are almost a lock to make the finals. I think their toughest series, in my opinion, is their first one against the Suns because that's like a that's like a Western Conference-level series in the first round, while they're, while they're still trying to get their bearings. And LeBron and AD are still a little bit fresh from their injuries. So I, this is definitely going to be the toughest series, in my opinion, is Phoenix versus L.A., and I, yeah, besides that, I, sh- I got the Lakers with their ticket to the finals if they can win that. And, you know, it's not impossible that the Suns could win it. It's not impossible. I mean, they looked pretty good in that first game, but at the same time, a lot had to go right for Phoenix to win and a lot had to go wrong for L.A. to lose. So just something to think about. Uh, let's talk not- about our Eastern Conference Finals. So we have different Eastern Conference Finals. I'll let you go ahead and kick it off with you have Philadelphia versus Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, um, the Sixers and the Nets. I don't think the Big Three ever played against the Sixers uh, in the season. Did it not? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think for the Sixers at this time, I feel like there'll be an injury. Uh, I'm not gonna predict who because I, I don't. You know, I don't want to wish any ill injuries or any kind of stuff on anybody like that. But I just feel like just knowing the nature of the Sixers. Health is always a concern with them, uh, especially when it comes to Embiid and Simmons. Um, Even healthy, I just don't think they will, I don't think the Sixers will be able to keep up with the firepower of the big three. I think by this time, I think the big three really start clicking. Especially, I think with the Bucks being their hardest matchup, even though that's even though, don't get me wrong, the Sixers are a difficult team, but I think the Bucks are more of a matchup nightmare in comparison to the Sixers. Um, but Joel Embiid is, is all, always going to be a nightmare a matchup nightmare for the Nets because, like I mentioned, for the Bucks, they just have a very weak interior presence in comparison to the power forward slash center position. Um, so I, I don't know how much... Um, how much of an effect that's going to be? I know it's going to be a big effect, but I just don't know how much the effect it will be in the outcome at all. I just like the Nets more in the series. I think they just have four more power, firepower, uh, it, it, on the unlike the starting lineup in comparison to uh, the Sixers. I just feel like it's going to be a very like starting lineup heavy matchup, and I feel like just. Like I said earlier, that the, if I, the Nets with the big three involved, the is just much, 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 much stronger than the Sixers. So I'm going to go with Nets and Six.
0: Yeah, I mean, if the Nets and Sixers match up, it's going to be Joel Embiid basically doing all the work because he's probably going to get almost all the buckets uh, for the Sixers. The thing is, though, that th- a similar thing kind of happened with the Sixers back uh, last year when they got swept by the Celtics. Embiid was doing everything. I mean, he was scoring almost all their points. You know, he's going crazy. But the Celtics still won every game, and that's kind of what I feel like would happen if this kind of happened. I would probably say, i I'd probably agree with you with the Brooklyn and Six. I could see it being pushed to seven. I could see the the ers Sixers maybe sneaking an upset, but I just think it's very unlikely. You know, it, it's a very tough thing to deal with. To deal with, um, and they do have Ben Simmons, but he can only be on one of their three guys. They don't have a particularly massive array of defenders. Kyrie is not a, not known to play much defense uh, either, though. So, you know, it's. It's going to be a lot of offense from their guard positions on both sides uh, because Ben Simmons is probably going to be able to drive as much as he wants in this series, which is really going to help him on offense as well. But, yeah, you're right. In the end, you know, just Brooklyn is too much talent, to I feel, to lose here. And I feel the Sixers, even though they are a very, very solid defense, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is what If this series happened... I would frankly I have no idea who'd win this, uh, if it went to seven. If it was a game seven, uh, just because you know James Harden hasn't been super consistent in game sevens. Uh, Kevin Durant, before his Warriors stint, wasn't super consistent in game six and sevens. Um, Kyrie is kind of the the biggest. You know he has the most experience going to six and seven and winning. Obviously with three one comeback. So Kyrie would probably be doing a lot more than a lot of people think in this series. But, you know, still, yeah, I'd probably give it to Brooklyn. Let's talk about my Eastern Conference Finals matchup. And I have the Sixers versus the Bucks here. Look, I'm going to give it, I think I'm just going to give it to the Bucks. Um, the Bucks defense is just so suffocating. And the Sixers offense already struggles with Ben Simmons if he's not able to shoot. If they can take advantage of that and have an extra guy back off. Their defense is going to be even more intimidating for anybody to score, even Joel Embiid, uh, because if Giannis could come double and come up, come on the help side, that's going to be really tough for him to score. So I got the Bucks in six here.
1: It yeah, can I can easily... I can definitely see that.
0: Yeah. It could also very easily go seven. It could very easily go seven.
1: Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, but, well, I can definitely see that happening. Um, the Bucks. I didn't realize it until I, I guess I guess until I watched Game Two uh, against the Heat. Didn't realize how many shooters they had on their bench. And I feel like both of these teams did a very good job adding shooters to the their roster because both those teams did struggle with uh, outside shooting over the past few seasons. And I think I just think that it's going to come down to who can shoot better from the outside and and more important situations. And I feel like the Bucks did a better job equipping um, players that are capable of doing that. Like, I'm going to keep reiterating the fact that they got Drew Holiday and the fact that they already have Chris Middleton, you know, just watching based off tonight's game that happened with the Heat, the Forbes Cogniton. Um, if they even get Giannis to get shooting a couple threes, I think that's just, you know, that's what it's going to be the biggest factor outside shooting. And Vince Simmons still, to me, has done enough to um, get shooting really involved in his his game. Uh, Embiid's not a great three point shooter. He's not a good three point shooter. I think he shoots in the low thirties, twenties, um, which is not. I mean, that's for center. I guess just in general is just not very good. Um, I just think that, that they're going to need a lot more outside shooting to with the to deal with the Bucs and I think the Bucs are just gonna out- shoot uh, that situation. So I, I can see why you feel that the Bucks would win that win. And I think the Bucks would probably win that one as well.
0: And I mean my bracket could also be extremely, extremely wrong because the Bucks could I honestly the Bucks heat series is still not over. And the Heat definitely can mm-hmm. still pull it out. Uh, the the biggest thing I wanna see with Milwaukee is how do they play away games. How, how, how much will the crowd affect them in away games? Because obviously role players, like I said earlier, they step up at home most often. So if they're not at home, are they still going to perform as they have? Are they still going to be able to mentally block out the noise that they're hearing? Uh, the Sixers crowd is going to be very loud. The Heat crowd is also going to be very loud. They're very vivacious teams with really live fan bases nets crowd i don't know <laughs> because you know new york is a nick town you know it's it's a, a nick <laughs> town no matter how no matter how good the brooklyn nets do madison square garden will always be filled up if that's an option you know so i don't know how loud the brooklyn crowd's going to be uh but philly and miami are going to give them a big taste of like especially philly of like our fans hate you. We will boo you to do everything. We will do everything we can just to try and stop you. We will say "f you, Giannis" the entire time. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be. I'm. I'm not sure. It's going to be a big test of their mental toughness. That's going to start in Miami, and if they if they can take the series, then I think they could take the rest of these series and get to the finals. If the um, if the Heat end up winning. I think you know. I think the Nets would end up beating them, and then I then I think, like we said earlier, uh, Nets would probably end up in the finals as well. The Nets' biggest challenge, in my opinion, it comes with these last the two games. Yeah, it's either it's between the Bucks and the Sixers, and like I said, I think the Bucks is a, is a tougher team for them to beat. So the Nets better be praying that the Bucks lose. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be saying. <laughs> they Better be praying for them. Uh, but yeah, this is this bracket. Look either of our brackets can be completely wrong. We're just, we're we're basically guessing right here. We're grasping at straws at scenarios that might never even happen. So take all this with a grain of salt. This is all just mostly for fun. So let's go ahead and uh, jump to our finals matchups. So you have Lakers nets, which is like the classic what everyone thought was going to happen before the season. And
1: well, I, have... I really wanted the Jazz. I really wanted the Jazz in the yeah. finals, but
0: I just can't bring myself to it. To be honest, yeah.
1: I just can't see them.
0: That's fine, man. I mean, look, these this, <laughs> this probably is going to be the finals matchup anyway. So, <laughs> uh, I have the Lakers versus the Bucks. I'm going to go ahead and get mine out of the way. I think Lakers take this in six, maybe five. I don't know. I just feel like, the, you know, look, Lakers of LeBron James. All right. It, they're not going to go down easily. They're not. Um, th- this is going to be, you know what? I'll give the Bucks some credit because if they can get here, I think it'll probably go to seven. And I think LeBron James will take it. LeBron, I don't, I will never count out LeBron James in a game seven scenario. So I'll give it to the Lakers here. But I do think the Bucks will make a really strong. Uh, I think they'll, they'll make it a good series. It's just going to be a lot depending on coaching and how certain lineups are made and stuff like that. And it's going to be a lot on Anthony Davis. Is he going to be able to step up? And is he going to be able to really be aggressive like he should be and play to his size? Uh, that—that's kind of Those are some of the deciding factors in the series. And I think Lakers, just good enough. I don't want to count out LeBron, just good enough to take it out in seven. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this scenario if this happened?
1: I think the biggest reason why the Bucks will most likely lose that series is because Giannis is clutch. I think I, I think it'll really come down to just his inability to really shoot. And I think that they're going to really harp on that, because the Lakers are a very smart defensive team, um, so the Dogs going to play to Giannis's weaknesses. And you know, I think uh, Anthony Davis it, he'll probably be healthy by then as well. Having him back in the in the post. And even in, well, hopefully Drummond's not, you know, playing in the post um starting. But like if they ever if he's on the court, I think he'll also give Giannis a hard time potentially. Um I just think if they pretty much clog the post or the interior, Giannis is gonna struggle. And I know the Lakers are a smart defensive team, like I said. I just don't think Giannis I think it's really going to come down to Giannis' inability to really stretch the floor like people want him to. And even at this point for me, I'm getting to a point where I don't know how much longer I can watch Giannis be so one-dimensional. Yeah, um, He's a great player. He literally said it. I think you literally said it earlier in this podcast. He could do everything but shoot. And in the NBA nowadays, it's a shooting league. And if you can't shoot in this league, you're not going to make it I mean, Giannis been pretty far, but you're never gonna win a championship as the as the main star, as the main leader, as the main guy, the franchise player. You just can't shoot. LeBron James even had to be able to shoot later on in his career. He's shooting pretty darn well now uh, at this point in his career compared to when he first started out. So you know, everyone's got to improve in shooting, and Giannis he's got to improve on shooting, and I just don't think he will. In, in this short amount of time so i think that alone i have to agree the lakers will probably win the finals if that's the case mm-hmm.
0: and so now speaking on that lakers versus net uh, nets this is the the flagship series like i said everyone's kind of been waiting for this matchup to happen uh, and there's a lot of people that are like hey if the, if the nets don't win this you know that's going to hurt everybody's legacy that's involved in this super team so where do you think this is going to go
1: yeah yeah i mean that's you know for me like I, I i think the nets will win in 6 now the reason why i think the nets will win i just don't like i i'll keep saying this and i'll say it again i just don't think the lakers team they have this year with wesley matthews dennis Schroeder, montrez Harrell, who's not playing as well as he did with the clippers let's be honest um, it just this whole uh, a lot of that Marcus Saul and Andre Drummond these replacements for their old players just not they just don't hit the same they're not as talented and they don't play with as much chemistry as the other um the old ones did you know Dwight Howard Draymond McGee those two were very valuable now that you look at the center position for the Lakers now because Drummond's he struggles with the lineup with. Anthony Davis and LeBron, which is the main reason why they even brought him in. Uh, Marcus Saul, he's a shell of a shell of himself. Because even with the Raptors, he was a, a bit of a shell of himself compared to with Memphis. But at this point, he's just, I don't even know. He's just, he's so infuriating to watch at times, uh, to be honest. He's just so unathletic. And it's so noticeable when he's with the Lakers compared to past teams. Yeah. And then just, you know, for me, Wesley Matthews just not can't shoot. He can't shoot some basis. Um, Ben Mc- McLemore, he doesn't get enough minutes, nor is he able to shoot uh consistently enough at times. I, I just I-, I just don't like their benching unit. It's just not as strong as it was last year. And you know, I just feel like that might end up biting them in the butt in this series, and I just feel like you know, the big three. Like you, ha- you have to win a situation like this. I'm not crazy about the Nets bench either, as you heard me talk about earlier in this podcast. But I think it's just solely based on how well Harden, Kyrie, and KD jailed together. I think the first series against the Celtics is really going to help them. If they can get the chemistry going early on, which they did in the first game, and if they can continue that, I feel like that is going to help them just roll, not roll, but like get through the playoffs. Chemistry alone is going to help them get to the playoffs. And if the bench can just do a little more just through, through series, through series, I feel like that they will come to like their peak performance at the finals. I think if the bench gets going when the big three gets going, then it's game over. And that's ongoing. Nets and six.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's surprising. Uh, I I agree with you in the sense of like this Lakers team. I definitely feel is weaker than the, than last year's team. I definitely agree with you in that sense. But at the same time, that last year's team was winning every series in five. And if they're if the Lakers are still they're a little bit weaker than that, you know maybe they're winning every series in six or seven. I still think the Lakers have the talent to do it. If this series matchup happened, honestly. I'd go Lakers in six. I'd go Lakers in six because, uh, you know, are they really gonna, are the 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 Nets really going to take advantage of their big three? In a sense of, you know, will Harden step up in this final scenario? Will KD? We've seen what KD has done in the finals. KD will will be there. He'll step up. But and same with Kyrie, they're both going to perform. It's going to be a lot on James Harden's shoulders, but also. The reason I didn't even have the Nets making the finals is because in these, you know, I believe like in the past decade, only one team has ever not been a top 10 or top 15 defense and has made the finals. The winners of the finals are usually almost all top 10 defenses and the the um, Brooklyn Nets, in terms of defensive efficiency, are ranked 22nd in the league and that is really, really bad. And that's the reason I had them losing to the Bucks. One of the main reasons I had them losing to the Bucks, and I think it's going to come back to bite them in the Lakers series if they do make it this far. That defensive efficiency is really going to come back to bite them in the butt. Sure, they can score with the best of them. Sure, they can uh, put up 100, 130 every night. But are the Lakers? You know, I think the Lakers can do enough to slow them down at least to the point where. You know, LeBron is just he he does everything on the court. He'll he'll help defend a little bit and and he'll he'll hit any type of shot he needs to. Uh, he'll hit those random BS threes that just have no right going in, but they just always splash. I have no idea how he <laughs> does it. I just I don't want to count out LeBron James. I don't want to count out LeBron James in this series at all. I don't want to count out Anthony Davis um, and the rest of this team. I, if Andre Drummond is still in it. If he's still getting minutes at this point, like I said, he's prob- they're probably not going to make it to the finals. Uh, it, as long as he's not getting intensive minutes with the starters. <clears throat> but if, you know, Marcus Gasol is in here, I think they have a better chance. And I think this is actually a series where Andre Drummond could do well just because they don't really have a paint presence. Uh, the Nets don't. And losing Marcus Aldridge for the Nets was such a big... Uh, it was such a big thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like that impacts... I feel like the impact of their team a lot because they were expecting a healthy Lamarcus Aldridge going into the series. And hey, if they had a healthy Lamarcus Aldridge, maybe I pick him to go to the finals and maybe I pick him to win. But I, I can't pick him in this scenario. I just think the Lakers, even even being a worse team than last year, I still think they're good enough to take the edge here. And I think Dennis Schroeder is gonna have himself a game, he's gonna have himself a series in this in this scenario. And, you know, I think the role players will step up and it'll be just enough it's just to eke, to eke out a win in six. I could definitely go seven, very well could go seven. Uh, and it's one of those series that are also, it's kind of hard to predict. I wouldn't really particularly know going into it, but at the same time, you know, this is, this is also something we haven't considered as well as Anthony Davis or LeBron James getting injured. So if either of them get injured, obviously this series is looked at completely differently. Uh, Nets probably take it, but if they're both healthy, if they're both going, it's hard to say Lakers don't win it. In my opinion,
1: yeah, I'm I'm thinking about something I said earlier in this podcast. We were talking about the Blazers. I said uh, offense wins games, defense yeah. wins championships. Something that's been said for years and years. Yeah. And now, now that I, I kind of think about it and put that back into perspective, you know, thanks to what you said now. I, I do. I, I can see the Lakers win this uh, this series. You know, um, I can definitely see where you're coming from, and you know, the Lakers. Yeah, they did. Like, I, I keep reiterating they did decline, but uh, they they are in a favorable favorable situation. Um, you know, just thinking. Of, besides the Sun series, if they go through the series, I said Nuggets to the Jazz that's that's fairly fairly um fairly on the easier side of things I think they match up with the Clippers would be a little bit more difficult because the Clippers do like to like you said like to play their hearts out against the Lakers um they play the Blazers the Blazers the Blazers probably give them a little bit more trouble because they just they're lights out um so that would be a, a bit of a struggle but not too much of course um now you're maybe rethinking. uh you know,
0: it's. I just want to say it's okay to change your mind. I I don't want to create an environment where it's like, hey, you changed your mind. You should never be allowed to do that. Or like, I don't like how other people kind of hold people accountable like that. Like I don't know, the people, the same people yeah. saying, yeah, the same people saying like, oh, well, you switched up. You switched up. Are the same people that like can't even decide what to wear in the morning. You know, like.
1: <laughs> uh, my thing is the Lakers. They they're a better defensive team. But their offense can't keep up with the Nets. Yeah. And I think I, I think when it comes to a lot of... I think when it comes to the Nets kind of type of game, I, I think scoring is going to obviously be the main thing just to outscore their opponents. Their offense is their defense. Um, I think the Nets will... I think I'll go to seven instead of six. But... Two things that could really lose the Nets that series is coaching, coaching from Steve Nash, and um, and then the bench production. I think those two things can cost them because I'm not sold on Steve Nash as a coach. Yeah. I'm not going to be sold on him for a while, and the bench production with the without a legitimate um, po- uh, post interior post defender. You know, because Nick Claxton is, you know, he's young. I i can't say he's too good at what he does yet. Ah, it's going to go seven. It's going to go seven instead of six for sure. But uh, I, I can see, I can really see go either way. I, I really hate that I have to pick now that I think about it.
0: You know what? Just stick with the Nets, man. Stick with the Nets because I got the Lakers. Uh, you might as well just stick with the Nets.
1: I'll I'll go seven with the Nets, but it uh, does against what I said earlier. But I, I I do want to say that there is times where people's offense are their defense, and I think for the Nets, that's definitely going to be their game plan going into the finals. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't want to say the Nets have no chance. The Nets have a very serious chance to win this game or even win the championship. Uh, I just I'm just going off of history. Um, and yeah, I mean. Teams that haven't had the greatest defense still have made finals. It's just very rare, and this could be one of those very rare teams where just their offense is just so incredible that they end up here. So, either way, you know, this is all just for fun. So, <laughs> we could probably, I'll, I'll, my bracket will probably look horrible uh, in a couple weeks. You know you know how it is. So, uh, But, yeah, with that, I mean, I, I think it's, we've gone on for a, a quite a while so with that yeah. i think we should end it here uh thank you all one more time for listening to the speech sports podcast uh once again i have been bert and trey as always and we will see you guys next time on the next episode of the speech sports podcast make sure you like share subscribe do all that good stuff uh just search us anywhere speak Truth, sports you'll probably find us on social medias twitter instagram all that good stuff youtube uh but yeah we will catch you guys later. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for all the support. See you guys next time.